I think theology is for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Theology. Theology. Unplugged. There is Ted, my good friend, and we get on and talk about theology. He asked me questions, whatever questions he's had throughout the week, and we talk otherwise, but I, I, we try to take the best questions and say, hey, save it for this because these are really good questions. Tad is somebody who has is, who is, uh, uh, come to God in a more full sense recently. He's really devoted himself, but he's got a lot of questions, and that's what you're watching. That's why this is called Conversations with Tad. So welcome to the live podcast. If you're catching us afterwards, if I've put this on a different stream, if I've reloaded it to uh, Spotify or YouTube or wherever, Welcome. It's great to have you. Just um, make sure you subscribe. Wherever you're at, subscribe, because we do this quite often, and it's it's ramping up. Me and Tad have fun. So, hey, Tad. Hey, Michael. What's going on? Uh, nothing. You're dressed hey. awfully warm. Are you cold? It's, uh, yeah, Rhonda likes to keep it cold in here, uh-huh. and uh, it's about 115 outside, and it's about 45 in here. Well, so, that uh, is good. That is good. You have got a woman that keeps it cold. That is very rare for guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I'm the one that has to keep it hot. Yeah, well, seriously, my wife keeps it burning hot. I can't, I can't take it. She's, it's terrible. We're so no, you like cold. Area. You like cold. Yeah, we've almost gotten a divorce a couple of times because of it. Well, you should have the first time. <laughs> what a okay. I love Dad, Dad, let me let me tell you about my day so far. It's been really cool. I've uh, I've yeah. been on TikTok, and this is actually the first time I've done this where I've gotten on. I've done some live stuff on TikTok before, but this is the first time that I've gotten on and joined a debate. Now I watch them so often on TikTok. I I'm basically everything that comes up is non-Christian stuff. No, I got some Christian stuff and and police chases. Those are great. But, but uh, you know, I, I enjoy going to TikTok and I enjoy listening to the live stuff and seeing what people are saying. So I, I, got, I got to one that was open. I could get involved and had, I got into a debate with, uh, let's see here, five different atheists. And then there was one other guy as well that was on my side. Great guy. His name was Free. Free, if you're watching this. Free. Well, that's his, that's, that's his handle. I don't know what his real okay. name is. Okay. Okay. He sounds like a great guy. Yeah, he was, he was great. He was great. So we both tag teamed and uh, it was a lot of fun. Basically, what it came down to, Tad, I'm just going to tell you this, not because I want to talk about this this time, but because I think it's interesting and you'll like it and you like everything I talk about whenever it comes to my life because you're such a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> Your best friend because I call you all the time. Yeah, that's right. That's I'm right. The only one that calls all the time. You are the only one. Okay. But um, we were talking about basically their argument. And, and you, you got to understand whenever you get in debates, especially online you have to narrow the focus right then all it is is throwing of insults throwing of platitudes throwing of of substantiated and unsubstantiated arguments just assertions people are just making claims over and over again and basically they were going through and i was saying listen listen i don't care that the church right now i don't care that the church all disagrees i'm i'm sorry you came from a mormon background and they were the only way and you feel abused i mean if you want to talk about that that's a different story but what you're trying to talk about here is that because of all these things christianity is wrong so i said we need to focus upon that the central 
thing of Christianity, just like we've talked about many times. I'll be sick of shit right now. Do what? I'll probably sick of shit. Remember Kenny? <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you for telling me that. That was very yeah, cool. I just want you to know what I'm and then whenever you do it, whenever you do it in theological circles, it's not he's taking a shit. It's he is taking a scubula. A scubula? Yeah, that's what Paul said. That is the equivalent. That is the biblical equivalent to that word. I'm it's sorry for saying that word. I'll have to bleep this out whenever I put it on, whenever I put it, if I put it on Spotify. But um, uh, scubula, you, you can say, actually, scubulon. Hagion scubulon is holy, like, pretty cool. Well, he's taking a scubulon. Paul said that. Okay, but it didn't matter. It was a focus, and I said, let's focus on Jesus and what he did, because if he died and rose from the grave, all these other things we'll work on later, but Christianity is true. Christianity cannot not be true because you say there's abuse in the church. That's not an argument against Christianity. That's a personal argument against whoever was abusing you, and we can all make those. But that does not substantiate anything. So I moved it down. I said, listen, let's talk about it. Why do you reject Jesus dying and rising on the cross? And they said that there, there's a bunch of classical arguments that are just floating around. One of the newest ones that has regained influence is what's called the, uh, uh, the, the oh gosh, what is it called? The uh, borrowing. Christianity borrowed from other religions. And basically the idea is this stuff has already happened. You know, we have lots of illustrations before Jesus of there being a guy who had 12 apostles who died and who raised, rose from the grave. And it is such a load. I mean, it really is. And so every time, whenever you get into this, you got you got to do a like a cubulus, huh? A lot of cubulus, scubula, scubulon. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder so if we're coming through okay because I am just jumping around. You don't look like you're jumping around. You're too big to jump around. By the way, how's the diet going? It's going great. It's going great. I think uh, we're at what eighty-five pounds now. Oh my god! Dude. I it, it's just dropping, dude. I'm telling you, it's like. I mean, right when I, right I started wearing that mask, it has dropped. And I've Are added the diet, so it's great. Huh? Fasting. You're fasting. Well, I'm doing I'm doing intermittent fasting. So I will fast for 24 hours, then eat, then another 24 hours, and so on. Okay. Paul James says he deals with it every day. Paul, hold on just a second. Paul just made a comment. Paul James, let me see if I can put this up here. I don't know how to put this up here, Paul. I'm trying to. Hey, Paul. Either way, in the comment somewhere, either on Facebook or YouTube, I don't know how it works, but he made a comment and uh, said he has to deal with this every day. And it's the, the uh, oh, okay, wait, wait, it says hide. He has to deal with Horus. And that's exactly what we talked about, Horus and Osiris. And they were saying Horus and Osiris uh, predate Jesus and uh, Jesus copied off those or Christianity copied off those. And I said, okay, let's read those. That's the thing you got to say every time. Let's read those. Get that. Let's read it. Let's evaluate it together because it's a big claim. And nobody ever knows what they say. Nobody ever has any clue what actually was said about Horus and Osiris. Okay, so this is Paul. This is our friend Paul. Uh, no, Paul's right here. Paul just made a comment and says he has to deal with the same thing every day. Right. Yeah, but I want to say thank you to Paul. And uh, he's... Uh, he, it's a good direction he put us in. So uh, thanks, Paul. Yeah. It's good to meet yeah. you. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, all of this to say, you know, I talked to them. They they never, ever could even start to quote it, start to read it. It was just, <laughs> I'm throwing this out here and I'm gone. And yeah. so it, it, was a, it was a fun debate. I was nice. I was very kind. Um, they were mostly cordial. 
Uh, but uh, it just like in other places, all other places, it got real hot, the temperature. And uh, yeah. but it was fun. Anyway, that's what I did today. That's what I've done so far. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. How have you been? Great. Good. Well, come on. Talk to me about what you want to talk about. Let's do some discipleship here, which basically <laughs> okay. means. You you had me look that up. Um, what? Cal- uh, no, I can't remember. It's been a day. The uh, catalyst or whatever. Cat- um, sorry. Okay. Huh? Sanctification. Or sanctity. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, sanctification. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, God, you know, like the word, you know, you know, like the word to sanctify, you know, your sanctimonious uh, old <laughs> Trump's name for, uh, for what's his name in, in Florida? <laughs> sanctimonious what? I don't know. I can't remember. Santos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But it's the same idea. Sanctimonious should mean right, set apart. Right. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I wrote a blog about that. I'm really, uh, I'm glad that you asked me to look this up because I I watched what I I, th- I sent you a couple of uh, YouTube videos that I I watched, and then I had Rhonda um, explain it to me because I still didn't really get it. I mean, it seems too simple. It's a big word for a simple thing, right? It's it's believing in. Tell me, tell me what it is out of your way, and I'll tell you what I think it is. Okay, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you from the from the end to the beginning. So I'm just gonna say very is very simple. It's just becoming more like God. It's like becoming it's it's growing in Christ. It's it's growing in your understanding. Whenever you're at a job and you start, you have to be trained. And by the end, you know, after you've worked there 10 years, you really know the ins and the outs of this. This is just sanctification is just learning how to become a Christian, how to be a Christian, how to follow Christ, being a disciple of Christ. And so you've got all kinds of questions because once you're a disciple of Christ, then you're basically saying, Christ, my life is yours. And please help me to do what you want. And then it's like, well, what do you want? How do you want me to change? And it's the process through life where the Holy Spirit and the Bible does attribute sanctification to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves within you to understand more, to to uh, have the will to do what is right. Okay, so <clears throat> that to me sounds like judgment. And why, I mean, okay, we got to change. And, and the, the only reason that I would get into Christ and stuff like that is because I was in, you know, because I believe anyway, right? And we've already talked about the introduction of Christ. You probably don't remember this. And how our parents did and stuff like that. And you find and Jesus introduced us to, to, to God. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And, um, okay, so we're there. So now he's like, you got to act like this, but we've already been forgiven for everything. So, I mean, every, people know good and bad. Yeah. Whether you believe in God or not. Yeah. So I, that that's the part that was confusing to me is okay because I'm new to this. I mean I know good and bad, yeah. You know, and I yeah. believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Let me give you an illustration of what what sanctification looks like in the real life. Like, uh, is with, this a chart thing? Huh? Is this going to be a chart? No, 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 no chart. It's my personal illustration. Okay. It's just saying okay, you start at one place, and you are you end at another. 
And through that process, God wants you, God wants us to become more like him because that's what we are created for. It's not that he's up there saying, man, you guys just do this just because I said so. It's we become more like him. We do things right because that is the best way to live, because it's the most fulfilling life, because that is that abides under what God created us for originally. That is sanctification. Now, sanctification, you start as a miserable human wretch. You know how we start. It's just we have inclinations to sin. We're addicted to things. We, we're, uh, we're addicted to our own selves and pride and lust and everything else. And the process of sanctification is trying to go through and become closer to God and say, I want to be as close as I can to God. What things in my life prevent that and what things make it happen? Okay. What I've learned through this little journey of mine over the last few years, yeah, that you've been with me and been so great. Yeah. Is there is a big difference between pride and dignity. And pride is, uh, well, pride's pride. And, and it's, it's something that um, can be uh, conceded and taken in a million different ways. But God gave us pride. He gave us dignity. Do we get more pride because we believe in God? Or, like if we're being nice and stuff, okay, now I'm the man because I've got pride and I believe in God and I'm a Christian. I think, I think you're exactly right to separate dignity and pride. Now, we can talk about it in a lot of different ways, in a colloquial way. In our culture, we can say I'm proud of these things and take pride in the OU football team, which everybody should do. Uh, this, Not here, man. They call it is, Texas OU here. It's not yeah, like you, you just got to feel for the guys, you know? have a hard time yeah yeah. but there is a difference in this pride basically whenever i'm talking about it as a sin is a very definite thing and it's something very definite especially uh you know you or i, I say especially but i just think this way in males where we really want to we want to elevate ourselves and put ourselves out there so that people will see the how great we are that's the kind of pride that god says be be close to me and that you'll automatically be far away from that. That will lead to total and complete nothingness. He's not saying don't do it just because it's bad. It's bad because it makes you not close to him. And so you're far I, I'm away. disagreeing with you on a couple of things right now. Okay. Is that okay? No, it's not. I mean, we, well, yeah, probably, we probably won't have another you're, podcast. You're, they're good disagreements. Um, I think when you said men do that, it's more of men get to do that because we've always been like alpha, but women should be able to do the same thing at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're getting it just because we've been, we've been getting away with it for years. And so I don't, I mean, well, I, let, me, I, let me put it this way. What, what? Let me put it this way. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden and the primary illustration of pride and how it brought the downfall. Adam and Eve were told by Satan in the garden, if you eat this tree, God is lying. If you eat this tree, God knows you will be like him. And that that's what attempted them. They said, hey, I can be like God. I don't have if to you be eat this tree. Yeah, yeah. They eat the fruit off the tree. The fruit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. If you eat from this tree. 
from the street. Okay. All so right. The whole idea is elevating ourselves to the point, devoting our lives to say, my life is about me. It's not about, you know, other people. It's not about God. It's about me. So whatever benefits me is what I put my focus on because me, I am so important. That's pride. That's what, whenever you're close to God, you're far away from that because that leads to utter depression, failure, and everything else, ultimately in the end. Now, it doesn't mean it, it, it keeps you from heaven because if you trust in Christ, that's where you're going to go. You're going to be with Christ. But why not try to be our best? Why not? Remember my, my drive on the road. You know about my drive. And I said, if it's true, it's worth everything. Yeah. I wasn't saying if it's true, I'm just going to believe in Christ and leave it at that and keep on living my life the same way. I said, if it's true, everything I have, everything that I am is devoted to you, God. And I believe it's true. Therefore, help me figure out exactly how to live my life. And you did it. I, mean, I, saw, I saw it from date. I saw the whole thing play out. Uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, talking that's, about commitment, man, you did. Well, uh, I also but, failed a whole lot, and you know that. Well, nobody's perfect. I mean, the only person that was perfect that hung on a cross. I know it's a road that is that is hard. Can I read one passage of scripture, and then I'll ask you? I mean, you can ask questions or just tell me your thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Romans twelve. This is Paul. This is kind of his magnum opus. Romans is the greatest systematic theology. Tell us basically from beginning to end everything we need to know. Well, if everybody I, talks about Paul. Every time, every every YouTube video I've watched, it comes down to Paul. Well, he wrote 13 books of the Bible, possibly 14, probably 13 though. Well, that was lazy. Yeah. <laughs> he probably wrote a whole, you know, he did write a whole lot more than that. It's just 13 that we have and we've had. Oops, didn't mean to do that. Another comment? Okay. No, no. Okay, um, Romans 12.1, Paul has just given them the gospel, what we've talked about. Jesus died for our Christ, for our sins, and rose from the dead. We are sinners. We are helpless without him. We have now, according to Paul, accepted the gospel. Now, what are we to do since we've accepted the gospel? It says, therefore, because of all this, I've told you for 11 chapters, therefore, I urge you, brethren and children, by the mercies of God, I plead with you. Just think of Paul just saying, this is the most important thing now. You better do this. You have to do this. I urge you to present yourselves as a living sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do, how do you do that? By not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and that which is acceptable and perfect. And so basically he's saying, listen, because you now have trusted Christ, the only reasonable thing, the only rational thing, the next step, if you go anywhere else, it's completely irrational. You're acting foolish is to say, okay, God, what do I do? I am with you all the way because I do believe you a hundred percent. Now, that's not saying like you said last time that you, that you automatically believe the whole Bible. That's part of the process of sanctification. You know, it's uh, what you've done so far is just simply believe that Christ historically has died from the cross and risen from the grave and that you were a sinner and that you accepted that as forgiveness of your sins. And you stay, stand now in a state of forgiveness. You are there saying, I've just been freed from sin. Now, what do I do? And that's what, that's what sanctification is. It says, okay, let's start becoming closer to God. Okay, so... Well, let me ask you this, Tad. Listen, listen. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. I'm going to get real... I'm going to get real personal and tough here, right? 
Have you presented yourself? Have you come to God and say, everything I have is yours. Help me to figure everything out now. I feel like I've said it. I don't know how much I meant what I said because I was still believing in me at the same time. Yeah. But yeah. I've thought it. You and I have talked about this. And I don't know if I gave 100% because I don't really know how to give 100%. I don't know. I don't know what 100% feels like when it comes to something like that. Yeah. And so that's an honest answer, man. I don't know. No, no, it's perfectly honest. It's good because that's the exact same answer I would give even right now. I mean, here, here, there's there's a lot of people. I mean, there's so there's a debate about everything in theology, uh, but whenever it comes to sanctification, basically this is how it happens. You come at some point. Let, let's say you become a Christian and you just say, "Listen, God, I got saved, but I, now I'm just going to do things my way. Thanks for being with me. I'm hanging out with you. You're in the passenger seat of my car, and I'm going to take you everywhere. You are my buddy, but I'm driving. I'm driving." And so there's a lot of people who get saved, truly saved, but yet go in a different direction. Now, I think ultimately God's going to pull you. He's going to force you to say, let me drive. At some point in your life, you're going to turn over the will to God so that he can take you. And that's that's what it is. That's sanctification. Now, So when do you know when that happens? You don't. You're right. You're right. I'm not going to say anything. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you and act like it's super easy. It's not. I have to get up every morning and remind myself to give myself to him. Every situation requires me to stop and say, wait a minute, am I driving or is God? But what is your ambition? How do you know the difference? I mean, is there a uh, I mean, feeling? Is there a... <clears throat> I mean, I, I like... Okay, well, we're gonna, hold on. Okay, okay. Give me that. So I hate driving on a highway in Texas and any kind of highway here. I mean, they just, it's almost like a sport is what I keep saying. So I uh, have never done this in my life, but I'm the passenger. I let Rhonda drive because she grew up here. Yeah. Right. I feel a little out of sorts because she's driving. And I'm like, yeah. to me, it feels like the man should be driving. I'm, but she with you. I'm glad you said that. Listen, but so she navigates better than me. Yeah. And I'm wondering, and I and I have complete faith in what she's doing. So maybe that's the hundred percent. Yeah, I don't this is crazy, but keep talking. No, you're you're right. I don't think we we ever really give ourselves a hundred percent to God because a sanctification is to be set apart toward God. It's a process. Now, if you said I have completely given myself over to God. Not one part of me is given to anything else. Then you would say, I'm perfect. And I'd say, no, you're not. I mean, even Paul talks about this and says, I have not attained to the perfection, but I am in the race. I have run the course. I have finished. And whenever he said he, he died, he finished the race. And so it's, it is a process. But there is a point in your life where you have an ambition. And your main ambition is to say, God, help me every day to give everything over to you. And that is Romans chapter 1. Have you set that ambition? Have you filled that pull? And oftentimes it comes through, I mean, it, it always comes through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will, I mean, it, it's like right now we're reading the Bible and basically we believe the Bible is true, or at least I do. And so there I look at this and I say, what can I You're learn? You're out that? a little bit. You're getting kind of that weird thing, that robot thing on my yeah. side. <clears throat> but well, I want to that, that probably means I'm we're getting that everywhere. Hopefully, I can correct it. 
the stream itself is is locally saved, so I've got to find okay. that and use that. You're all good. You're okay now. I, 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 let me let me say something. I because of what we're doing selfishly, um, I'm learning so much more about God in the Bible because the research that you're having me do before our podcasts and the conversations that Rhonda and I have um, daily. And she was, uh, well, she's amazing. You know that, but it's, it's just what her perspective compared to how I grew up as a Catholic and what I'm learning just from you and I talking and the research I'm doing, um, I, I feel like I'm getting like just closer and closer. And I, and we talked about the relationship I had with him. And then you told me, you know, a couple of times ago, you said, you know, we talked about this and I said, you know, you told me to believe the relationship, this and that. And that's where I thought the sanctification came in. And that's where I was confused. And then you say, there's a, there are, and I, I've said this before, there's a lot of rules to, to get to heaven, but I don't think there's, should be so many rules to believe in God and, and just to have, you know, I mean, I, well, I, believe- I wouldn't say there's a lot of rules. It's just, you believe them or you don't. That's the type of thing. I believe. Yeah. Time. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the reason for sanctification. That's why we want it's in the end. We say, listen, God, I've met you. I know who you are. I believe what you say. And I believe because of who you are, God, eternal creator of all things, omnipresent everywhere omniscient know everything therefore whenever you say something i believe you rather than me therefore it would be great god if i could communicate with you and you could help me in my daily life and that's what so so how do i hear the answer to that am i the one if i let's let's just say i say all that okay yeah Yeah. i I, I ask all these questions how do i know that it's his answer or my idea it's hard it's hard. I mean, a lot of the big picture of what to do is in the Bible. Like it says, you know, uh, things about don't lie. Um, don't, uh, uh, don't be, don't, don't be, uh, well, like the 10 commandments, just go with the 10 commandments and say, you know, do not lie, do not covet, do not steal those types of things. The Bible speaks on a lot of stuff. You know, it, it talks about everything from personal, um, personal, uh, sexual, uh, purity, which you and I have had to be through, you know, and that was a big deal for me back in the very beginning. Whenever I started to get sanctified, it was, it was something that was holding me back. I'm so glad you cut out right there. You have no idea. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know what to do. It's not working. No, I'm glad you cut out, but keep going. No, if I'm cutting out, this is pretty worthless. No, it's just, dude, it's every now, it's just like every now and then it's not a big deal okay. but you cut out the same purity and okay and, <laughs> well whenever i tell you whenever that was, I, that was god coming in whenever i was 22 i had to make a decision i was saved i believed in god that was set aside right and i knew that my desire to go out and promiscuously sleep around was wrong i knew it because i read it in the bible i've read it many times so <laughs> i believe god Yet at that point, I'm saying, okay, God, I'll see you in a little while. Kind of like Bono in uh, whenever he said, uh, I'll, I'll be back. I I've gone out with the Bono party. was going to be brought up eventually. I knew this. <laughs> How could he not? I mean, it's, it goes to the Bible, then Bono easily. 
but uh, it, it's just this idea. I'll be back in a little while because I've got to live my life and do my thing. And I know you say don't sleep around. That's what he said to me. And I could not stop. I really couldn't. And that was the main. It wasn't drinking, Tad. It was hanging out with you guys and going out, sleeping around and telling the stories the next day. I was completely overwhelmed in my addiction to that. I loved it. I can look back on it and it's still fun. Me, you and I can laugh about it. But in the I mean, end, I couldn't really pursue God the way I was by blatantly saying, God, I'm not going to obey these things that I know I'm convicted of. I know are wrong. I'm just going to, you know, uh, I, I'm going to not follow. You. I can't, I can't, you can't follow them if you don't follow them. I mean, it's kind of that. <laughs> it's a tautology here. You can't follow them if you don't follow them. You're not following them if you don't do what he says. And so I, you might know, think, you might think Ken likes us talking about this right now. Ken? <laughs> Why? <laughs> because anybody think Ken likes anything? Uh, no, no, no. You think that? I know. That, that was our sto Our stories were always at Ken's anybody house the next that, day. No. Our stories were over at Ken's house the next day. And he would be like, you guys shut up. I'm sleeping. And yeah. it's probably you picking you up or you picking me up. And we had to figure out the, the address for the mail. I mean, look at us. We can talk about it right now and have a blast, you know? <laughs> it's never not and, been fun to talk about. But, but deep down inside, I do. I know that was wrong. It's something I don't yeah. do anymore. I'm faithful yeah. to my wife because not just because God says, hey, be faithful to your wife. And, you know, and you say, why? He says, because I said so. He never does stuff like that. Well, and because you got five dogs in that room, you can't get out of there. That's true. That's very true. But it's, uh, it's because it's better for us. God gives us things that are better for us. He doesn't give us things just to test us and see if we'll do it. It's, it's all. Not lying is better for us. It creates character. Not sleeping around is better for us. It makes us, it makes us faithful. It makes us true to our word, true to ourselves. Uh, not being addicted to things is saying, I'm not going to be controlled by other things. You know, whenever I was on opioids, that was a very hard deal because it was hard for me to stand before God and say, I'm going to use these rather than you. Although addiction's different. I, I, I want to be sensitive here, especially to people out there that have this because addiction is really addiction. It's not like I wanted to be addicted. And once I got addicted, it's not like I wanted to stay addicted. And so... I, that's a hard thing to understand in sanctification. Addiction is just something that's a whole different animal. I'm I get it. I, I understand addiction very well. Yeah, good. Uh, very well. But I, my point at the beginning was, oh, I forgot it. No, but it, it has something <laughs> to do with no. But what, I mean, what's? How do I know it's my idea or God's? Uh, I mean, first you start with the Bible. Okay, so now I know what they say. But I still have, I have to make a decision one way or the other. If I go with the Bible, okay. But it's still my decision to go one way or the other. When does God make my decisions? He doesn't make your decisions. You make your decisions and he gives you freedom. I mean, we're not robots. That's all bad. How about it's all bad? You want to be a robot? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Well, you want, I mean, individuality. Want to be a God bot. Well, we are in a way. I mean, we are in a way. That's, that's a good way to put it because, because whenever God created us, he created us in his image. If we don't have free will, we are not in his image at all. We're plants. We're rocks. We're just doing things because, because that is the nature of those things to do those things and the reaction that happens outside of the will, just naturally. You and I are, 
uh, James tells us, be careful. Do not ever cur curse anyone because you're cursing somebody who is in the image of God. There's dignity. Going back to what you said at the very beginning, you are dignified and you, you have incredible importance from the standpoint of God. He doesn't create you and he uh, doesn't have time for you. He's focused on you. He loves you. He wants the best for you. And whenever he says these things, these are the things that are best for you. And so what, how does your will get controlled? Well, your will kind of gets controlled because like on the blog post I put, um, you desire yeah, something you else. talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Oh, that one? We're bringing that one up? No, no, that, that's a different blog post. Hey, we can yeah, talk about that. Yeah, that's us being just assholes. Yeah. yeah, we can talk about that, but that's a, that's a whole different. Uh, yeah, let's not do that. But I, I got a quick question. If, if God, I mean, we have free will. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then there's the Bible with all the rules with free will. Why have a Bible and free will? Why not have one or the other? I mean, why did he do that to us or not do it? Yeah, do it. Why would you rather? Would you rather the world exist as as children being born without parents and growing up on their own, or with parents? What would be the difference? What would be the difference? Imagine a world where you grow up and you're set out on your own, right? Whenever you're born, you're set out on your own. Society pulls away. You are on your own. Everybody Society wouldn't do that, Michael, when you know that. I'm just putting an illustration here. There's, I'm not saying this happens. It's an illustration. Well, what's the illustration? If well, like parents, parents are here because they that. guide us. Parents are here because they guide us. They direct us. They help us understand this yeah, world. Yeah, right wrong. What will hurt us? What, what, what we, they, I, I taught my kids about fire and, you know, we, we actually, you know, ha, had a time where we played with fire to understand it and understand its power. And then, you know, that's, that's what you got to do. And they back off on it. They understand it. Everybody understands this. Every parent teaches this. Why? Because it's better for us. Why does the Bible have instructions where it says right here, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor evil, cling to what is good. Why does it tell us that? Because it's better. Stay away from the fire. Stay close to God. That's what you were created for. Well, how do I do it? I'm a ch child. I haven't been sanctified. I'm a three-year-old. Tell me. Help me. Teach me. Let me learn the language. Let me learn everything about you. So we take up the Bible and we start reading it. I'm not saying the Bible is the only source, but it's the primary source we look to. Okay. And you, so you've been reading a lot of the Bible. Without analogy. Um. Man, you're really good at these analogies. So we raise our kids, and then they go off with our kind of our direction and our way that we believed in God, right? That, and we hope they do. We hope they. they uh, oops, oops, we hope they do. That's all I can say. Well, we we did all we could do. If we're talking this same analogy, you know, we did what yeah. we did. And you don't think they could have figured it out on their own? Kids? Well, sure. Us. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. I mean, we know, right? You, you can I'm not going to deny that there'd be something. Right wrong, I'm not going to deny that there'd be a lot of things that they learn on their own. I mean, we're built in with a lot of, of uh, ability to make right decisions on our own. I mean, it's ingrained within us. We're creating the image of God. 
but God doesn't create us full grown adults and mature. And so we could mature a lot without parents, but it's better with parents. We right. could mature a lot by ourselves. That's my, that's my whole point. Well, just think with, this but why would he give us free will and a list of rules at the same time? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, imagine imagine he gives you free will, or doesn't give you free will. You're a robot, right? I'm a godbot. Okay, you're, you're a godbot. You, you, you don't make decisions. God makes de decisions through you. And then he gives you rules. Is that better? It's the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. Whenever you have free will, you can choose to follow him or not. God in the garden said to the 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 Adam and Eve, don't eat of the tree, tree of uh, good and evil, but eat of the tree of life. Now go. You can do whichever you want. I give you complete freedom. No, I thought that was a snake. What was the snake that tempted her to eat of the fruit? Okay. I mean. It's free will. Right. Why would it, why would he tell us not to touch the fire? What they he didn't have to tell us not to touch the fire. I mean, we would have figured he would have figured that out on his own. Well, maybe after we fall, maybe after we've fallen down a cliff, burned ourselves to death. I mean, we see people doing it. We'll learn on our own, yes. But it, I mean, wh why How not? Old, okay, let me, let me ask you this: How old was Adam or Adam and Eve when this all happened? I have no idea, but that's completely irrelevant. No, it's not. Yeah, Life do they? That's not how much well, life do they have before they had this this snake tell them that I don't know. But how one day, one week, probably not very long though. Not very long at all. There were babies. No, no, no. They were probably. I don't know. Here's all I can say is they were they were born probably mature enough, uh, maybe 20, 30 years old because they could make decisions. They could converse with each other. And they, they were accountable for the things that they did. And so we all assume they weren't children. They weren't four-year-olds. Uh, and that's just an assumption. But it's a really easy assumption to make whenever you read the Bible. When you read the Old Testament. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, so free will is absolutely important. I mean, incredibly important. And then also direction is very important. I mean... Yes, could I could listen? It says, "Let love be without hypocrisy." Basically, let love be true, right? Could I have learned that on my own? Of course, I could. Of course, I could. Th these things are just encouragements. They're things that you read because you wanna you wanna uh, remind yourself of great things. There are some things that are brand new. Whenever you know Paul says in Thessalonians, Jesus is going to come with the shout of an archangel, with the trump of an archangel. I didn't just naturally know that. It's not like that. Of course, he's going to come with the trump of an archangel. Right. So it's something I had to learn. So there are things that we learn. Yeah, I thought it was revelations until you taught me it was revelation. There you go. Very like important. That. Very important. You are sanctified. And, and, and you, you are sanctified now. If you if you pronounce that book, Revelation, instead of Revelations, you are completely sanctified. And I know that ontology means the study of stuff. <laughs> nice. So, Way to go, man. Yeah, yeah. Way to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked about this a couple of times. You're just too busy to remember our conversations. I remember. I remember. I just don't watch them again after this. I watch it once and I move on. Because good idea. Uh, good idea. Yeah, I I want to see. You know, I want to hear it again. How does this, honestly, how does this... it's interesting. I, I I really learn from this. Well, there's a reason why we, there's a reason why we talk like this, whether we're online or not. We always talk like this. Yeah. Let, let, let me ask you this real quick, okay? Yes, yeah, sir. Sure. This says, 
Never take your own revenge. No, wait. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of God, if possible. As far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. Never take your own revenge. Leave vengeance to God. Okay? Again, could we know that? Yeah, we could. But could we know that God thinks it's important? You know, how important it is. We're just guessing if we don't have the Bible. The Bible instructs us on all the details, all the precepts that we are supposed to do. But it also tells us the story. And sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with giving us uh, giving us commands. Yeah, we would have figured that out. Um, I mean, you know, my school colors are black and blue. We would have figured out, don't do that. Talk about somebody, you know, what you just said, the hard way. We would have, yeah. if somebody would have gotten hit, there would have been a whole situation. But I still don't think, I, I feel like every time we have these conversations, you're trying to talk me out of God. I swear to God, I swear to God. Uh, because this is like, I, I, there's certain things I just don't understand. Well, I mean, because there's things you don't understand, I'm trying to talk you out of God. That that's not no, you're, you're 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 making me like fight for him harder. I think, and because the uh... well, I, I here I see. I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think I think what what it is you want is to say I believe in God and I'll take it out on my own. But you're coming up and saying there's other things that I have to do. Therefore, it's harder for me to believe this stuff. And you're exactly right. I mean. It's, it's when you read these things, you're like, man, this is, I'm not doing things that was as good as I could. And I mess up, you know, and I do repay evil. I, I, I don't let the Holy Spirit have control of my life. So that is in that sense. Yes. Am I cutting out? No. Okay. In that sense. Yes, you're right. I mean, it's harder. It's harder to believe at least these things. And if you say belief is not just an intellectual assent, if you say belief is an action, then you're exactly right. I mean, every time you hear, every time you go hear a sermon, it makes it harder to believe because there's conviction there and we want to make decisions, right decisions, not because they're just there, but because we have committed ourselves to being close to God because that's the best place to be. We have decided God holds all the goodies. We have nothing over in these other places. It's all traps and pitfalls. And but so see, then God, about, I know we got, we got like, four more minutes because this going to 49 minutes is, is, is wearing me out. But like, then you go, okay, now we've got the heaven thing. And now we've got, there's no hell. There's Satan. There's, do you see why I said this last, a couple times ago? This feels like a comic book. Well, sure. Yeah. The whole, but think about it. Existence feels like a comic book. Just because it happens on a normal basis doesn't make it unabsurd everything is absurd it's just we get used to it perfect so, that was the greatest answer of all time everything's absurd okay yeah so we just gotta believe in what absurdity we listen to and then the uh on top on toss then, then, top, then it becomes normal what's the ontosity what's that on- ontology ontology yeah so we're gonna believe in that the study of stuff <laughs> Hey, listen, uh, these, these things... Life's you know, absurd. Hold on. Ontology, life's absurd. The Bible's a book of rules. We could probably raise ourselves. And then uh, and then there's God. 
Yeah, yeah, yes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for showing up. It has been Conversations with Tad, and I hope you have subscribed. I hope you've enjoyed this. Make a comment. Tell us whatever you think we should do. I don't even know if this recording is coming through well. As you know, I've been having problems where I record live, so it cuts in and out. Hopefully, we're getting that figured out. Pray for us to get that figured out. That would be great. Also, if you get a chance to uh, help us, we've got the support this stream up there. That'll go directly to uh, uh, Credo Courses or Credo House, Credo House, my ministry, and uh, you can support us that way, or you can become a patron. I do not have this up here, I don't think, but that's the best idea, I think. I mean, becoming a patron's awesome. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I do have it up here. No, I don't. I mean, just a buck. <laughs> just a dollar. But I, uh, I love you, Michael. Yeah, I love you. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining. And we will see you real soon, because Tad's going to call me, and he's going to have more questions. I'm going to see you Theology 